0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. There was a discount at the Nuclear Revenge Store, and we got a two-for-one special for you today. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our revenger got her stalker police officer imprisoned and got rid of her bullying neighbor at the same time. There's a lot of moving parts to the story, and I'll try not to lose anyone along the way. I'm a female in my late 20s, and this story took place a while ago. Let me start by saying that I was no angel growing up. My parents were very religious and cared a lot about what people thought of them. I, on the other hand, had a habit of taking things that didn't belong to me because I wanted them and my parents wouldn't get it for me. I was first arrested when I was 12 for shoplifting. I have something of a sweet tooth. One day I was trying to stuff some chocolate bars in my pants while in a store and this shadow just appeared over me. The next thing I knew, these huge hands went into my pants and pulled out the chocolate bars. This was my first encounter with Officer Squarejaw. He was about twice my age at the time and looked like he was the mold they made marines from. He convinced the store owner not to press charges and I was let go with a warning. I immediately learned my lesson and decided to change my tactics to more distant targets. I was 16 the next time I was arrested, This time it was for fraud. I got a fake ID and used it to get a job in a bar where I was skimming credit cards and using them to buy stuff. Officer Squarejaw just happened to be in the bar one night and caught me. This time, I didn't get a warning. I was sent to juvenile detention, or youth detention as they like to call it these days. Being locked up with a bunch of teenage girls is a lot like high school combined with a sleepover you can never leave. I was always kind of a loner, I wasn't really strong, in fact I was actually very timid. So I was fish food from the jump, and I got jumped. Going through that on a nearly daily basis completely broke me. I know what you're thinking. She probably deserved it. Stealing from others is bad. And you know what? I agree with you. What I did was wrong and I deserved every moment of heck for the two years I was inside. I was a selfish person and I'm sure I hurt a lot of people with my stealing. I was alone for those two years because my parents couldn't handle the shame of a child in prison. They left town as soon as the judge banged the gavel. The person I spent the most time with in Juvie was also the one who beat me the worst. We'll call her The Dean because she ran the center. The Dean was hardcore. She used to brag about how she had boyfriends all over town and separate phones for each one so they wouldn't find out about each other. When I got out, my real nightmare began. My parents wanted nothing to do with me after I went in, so I wasn't expecting anyone to be there to pick me up. But there he was, Officer Squarejaw. He was pushing 30 now, and time did nothing to mellow him out. He even came in his patrol car to take me back to town. After everything I'd been through the past two years, I was too scared to refuse a ride with him. He made me ride in the back because of regulations or something. Civilians can't sit in the front. The entire drive to town, he kept telling me how he wants to look out for me. That him arresting me was for my own good. And that now he'll take care of me. Make sure that I stay on the right path. When we got to town, he dropped me off in front of a diner that was his aunt's and that he arranged with her to give me a job, that I should start earning an honest living. The truth was, I was done with stealing, with crime in general. I just wanted to be left alone, which is why I didn't want to stay in the halfway house, and that meant getting my own place, and that meant getting a job. The town I lived in wasn't big, but it wasn't small either. Everybody didn't know each other, but you didn't need to ask a lot of people before finding somebody who knew you. In a town like mine, that means it's hard to keep a low profile once people start thinking you're a criminal. And since I was desperate for a job, I went into the diner and told his aunt I was there to work. In some way, I was relieved and grateful for the second chance, but Squarejaw still scared me. To her credit, the diner owner was a decent person, unlike her nephew. She hired me as a waitress because she said I had a pretty face. I don't remember anyone ever saying that to me before. She paid me fairly, which was completely unexpected, so I was really grateful. I worked hard, and eventually I was able to afford a place to rent. Squarejaw didn't want anything at first. He just hung around the diner when he was on lunch, and insisted on taking me home after my shift if he was around. Always in the backseat. He made sure to drop me off in front of my apartment building and watch me go in. It wasn't a fancy place or anything. I could have afforded a slightly nicer place if I wanted to, even on my paycheck, but I was saving up my money for when my probation was over so that I could leave town. Up until that point, the ride home was the worst thing I had to deal with, which made what happened when I got home seem worse. My neighbors were nice people. I don't think they knew about me, and if they did, they pretended like they didn't. Their daughter, let's call her Miniskirt, she was one of those attractive girls who were also attracted to violence. She and her friends made the one flight of stairs to my apartment seem like an eternity. Some days there'd be no one at the top, and I'd just go into my apartment. Other days, she and her friends would be there and they'd either trip me or push me when no one was looking, and if people were around, they'd whisper horrible things at me. Things they would do to me or get their guy friends to do to me. It was like they could smell the weakness in me. The worst part of it all was they were younger than me. Miniskirt was only 15. I don't know what was worse, the fear of being bullied or the shame that I was older than them. After a while, things with Officer Square Jaw started escalating. It seemed weird at first and didn't make sense. On the rides home, he would ask me random but oddly specific questions. He'd say like, How was the cheese-flavored two-minute noodles? You shouldn't eat so many Oreos because it'll affect your figure. It only clicked when specifically mentioning the brand of tampons I was using and asking if they were what worked best for me. I never told him any of these details and I never went shopping with him. I later realized that he was going through my trash. We had communal bins outside the apartment and I threw my trash away late at night because I didn't want to run into anyone one night after i realized that he'd been going through my trash i saw his personal car was parked down the street and it had a view of the trash bins i recognized his car because he'd picked me up from home a few times on the way to work he also made me ride in the back because he didn't want people to get the wrong impression knowing that he was out there watching me made me terrified i couldn't sleep I would spend most nights sitting by the window near the fire escape with the lights off, watching him until he left. Only after that could I fall asleep. All those nights allowed me to get to know Miniskirt really well. Unlike the Dean, she only had one phone, and she didn't want her boyfriend texting her because her parents checked her phone. So she would lean out of the window of her room and have these loud whisper phone calls with him. Apparently it was easier to delete a phone call than a whole night's worth of texts. It didn't take long to figure out who he was we'll call him kicks kicks and i went to the same high school he was the same age as me and the two of them were very intimate i mean all the way intimate some nights she would sneak out of the fire escape to go to parties with him things with officer square were getting worse Because I was afraid to throw away my trash when he was outside, it started piling up in my apartment. I'd wait until the garbage collection was made and then I'd have to make two or three trips down to the bins. He was moody for the next few weeks after that. I was so scared in that backseat that I thought I should start throwing my garbage away like normal again. Then one day he was smiling when he picked me up and after that I wished I never hid my garbage from him. He bought me a cell phone. He said that he noticed that I don't really talk to anyone and that it wasn't healthy, that a girl my age should be texting and making friends. I didn't want friends. I didn't want anyone near me or talking to me, but how could I say no? His number was already on the phone, so when the first message came in later that night, his name on the screen made it feel like he was standing in the room with me. I didn't read any of them that night. I didn't even open them. The next day he asked me why i didn't respond to him and i told him i wasn't used to having a phone so i put it on silent so that i could get some sleep he asked me why i wasn't sleeping and i said it was because i was having nightmares from my time away he said if i wanted he could park outside my place if it would make me feel safer i told him he didn't have to do that but he insisted that when he didn't have a night shift he would watch over me like i'm an idiot who didn't know he was already doing that From then on, he would just appear wherever I was when I wasn't at home or at the diner. He had put some kind of tracking software on my phone. I was too scared to delete it because then he would know that I found it. I also didn't have anyone that I could tell about it because who was going to believe me? I eventually stopped going out except to go to work and buy groceries. I would just respond to his first few texts at night and say I need to go to bed. After a while, he started getting bolder suggesting that if I still feel unsafe that maybe he could spend the night with me a couple nights a week. He kept insisting that he was looking out for me and that all he wanted to do was protect me. I heard stories from some of the other girls inside of similar things that happened to them and how bad it got once they opened that door. I told him no as firmly as I could. He didn't like that. He said that I should think carefully about what I want in life because he is the best thing that happened to me because not even my parents wanted me. I had never been so scared in my life. The only other person that I spoke to was his aunt and she thought he was a model citizen. I had no one I could go to for help. Of course, Miniskirt decided that tormenting me at home wasn't enough. She and her friends came to the diner during my shifts. They would do things like complain that i messed up their orders spilled their drinks or that i was rude to them also that they could get free meals or discounts all those free meals and discounts came out of my paycheck they once even insisted that i had to pay for their dry cleaning after they spilled their drinks on it soon after it completely escalated to them straight up demanding money from me i realized that if this kept going on i'd never have enough money to leave town and I'd be trapped there. It was like being back inside again. If I had to go through that again, I would rather end it all. This was my life for the first year after being released. One night while sitting by the window waiting for his text so I can get it over with and go to sleep, I overheard Miniskirt saying to Kix she wished that he'd paid more attention to her. And I thought to myself, you can have my problems if you want them. And suddenly, I had the dumbest idea of my life. All thieves are like squirrels, we want to have other people's things and we don't want other people taking our things. Every thief who's been doing it for a while has a little nest, somewhere they keep something aside. Before I was caught I also had a little squirrel nest, I'd planned on going to it when my probation was over on my way out of town. I meant it when I said that I was done with stealing, but apart from a little bit of money, I'd also stashed a backup card skimmer. I was going to get rid of it, I promise. One day, when I knew that Square Jaw was on patrol and couldn't follow me, I went to my nest and collected the money and the skimmer. I wore the skimmer to work under my apron, waiting for the day Miniskirt and her friends showed up again. Miniskirt had a prepaid credit card that she liked to pay with. It was about a week or two of waiting when they finally showed up again. I gave them my best service to avoid the free meal, and when I got her credit card, I quickly copied it on my way to the register before settling their bill. That night, I waited until she was in her room and used their Wi Fi to buy a phone online. I know, stealing Wi Fi is wrong. I made sure to spread the payments so that she wouldn't notice a big charge. I specifically made sure that the delivery came to their place when no one was home so that I could collect it. When I took out the phone, I wrote the number on the packaging with a note saying, Let's talk, no names. I waited until Square Jaw was outside again, and Miniskirt was at home, before tossing it in the garbage. I made sure that he saw me noticing him in his car when I threw it away. I also made sure that there were no fingerprints on it, just in case the creep wanted to keep it as a souvenir. When I got back to my apartment, I went to the window and watched him go to the garbage to collect the empty package. He got back into his car, and in seconds a message came through. ''Hey, why no names?'' I messaged back saying that I thought about what he said, and that he was right. I said that I wanted to take things, and because our history, I wanted to start again as if we were strangers. I mentioned how he'd known me since I was 12, and that I wanted him to think of me as a woman, and not a little girl anymore. I told him that I was going shopping soon to buy some new clothes to wear for him, if he wanted to make sure I was safe, from a distance. I picked a weekend when I knew miniskirt was also going to be at the mall. I had two reasons for wanting to go to the mall. First, I wanted Square Jaw and Miniskirt in the same place at the same time. Second, I wanted to buy some new clothes that matched some of the clothes I'd seen Miniskirt wearing when she sneaks out. I used the cash from my squirrel nest to buy the clothes. That first weekend, I walked around the mall casing out the stores that had the clothes I'd seen her wear. I also tried to follow Miniskirt a little bit because I was carrying the phone I'd bought with her card so I wanted the phone to be near the places she went as well. I bought two or three things because I wanted to spread out the buying. Squarejaw was unsubtly following me the whole day, which explained why he was only arresting 12-year-old girls. I started to text him a lot. I kept telling him how safe he made me feel, and even that when I was small, I knew I needed him. During our texts on the new phone, I told Squarejaw that when we meet in person, we should act like how we always behaved until it made sense for us to be together in public. He agreed, so he'd pick me up as usual, in the backseat, and drop me off at home. Minnie Skirt and her crew still kept bullying me, but I could take it this time. After a few more weeks of texting and shopping, Squarejaw was starting to get impatient. He wanted more, and it was time for the next phase of my plan. This part was really tricky. I had to wait until Minnie's skirt sneaked out again. I'd laid out all the clothes I bought that matched hers and would wait by the window watching and listening for when she left. The plan was to see what she was wearing, dress the same way or close to it, and then follow her to the party or wherever she went. It took almost two weeks of waiting before it happened the first time. Green skirt, pink top with orange stripes and black pumps. I put leggings on because I had at least that much self-respect, and I wore sneakers instead of pumps because I knew I wasn't getting a ride. I was dressed in a flash and out the door with my backpack before she got to the street. As I said before, the town isn't small, but it isn't that big either. There aren't that many places where teens hang out, and I'd been paying close attention everywhere I went to what the kids were saying, so I knew where they were going. Luckily, it wasn't far, so I started to jog. I'd already texted Square Jaw, telling him where I'd be if he wanted to see me in one of the outfits I bought for him. I got there before he did and obviously after the two lovebirds. I hung around outside until I saw Squarejaw pull up. I texted him asking if he liked my skirt. He said yes and that he thinks green is a good color for me. I asked him about my top and he said something about how I make pink and orange look good. I told him that I was going inside for a little bit so it would look like I'm doing normal teenager things, but that I wanted him to stay outside and watch over me. I went inside and quickly found somewhere to change outfits because nothing attracts attention like two girls wearing the same thing. Just as at the mall, I stayed only to have the phone near mini skirt a little longer, but I made sure to avoid her altogether. I did this 2 or 3 more times before moving on to phase 3 this was the hardest part the plan was simple i needed to somehow convince miniskirt that kicks was cheating on her with me it wasn't that unlikely since we were the same age and in the same class before i was arrested but i knew nothing about boys i was always a loner and i just wanted to take care of myself so i started having conversations on the phone around her for her to overhear when i knew she wasn't on the phone with sneakers I was basically just saying things I heard some of the girls at the detention center say. They would say it when they wanted to get another girl's man. I was flirting with nobody on the other line. I'd say things like, she's too young for you. We used to be so good together. Just any kind of crap I could remember or think of. I did this a lot near the window to her room when I knew she was home. I never used his name, but I dropped details about the classes we were in and things that happened at the school while we were there. I didn't know if it was working or not, but eventually I had to put everything into the final stage. I had been promising Squarejaw that he would sleep over soon and to be ready to come over and protect me. I got rid of everything. All the clothes, the skimmer, everything other than the phone. I was ready. I waited for a day when she and her parents were home and Squarejaw was on duty. I texted him and told him I needed him to take care of something for me and he had to come immediately. The other girl said that's what they did, so I was really hoping it would work. I then went to the window and called her out. When she stuck her head out, I told her that I have been seeing kicks and that she should just back off. I went inside and closed my window. I knew she had a temper, so I went to my front door and waited for her. I wiped down the phone and put it on the table. As soon as she knocked, I opened and she hit me in the face and started screaming and swearing at me. I would received much worse from the dean. But I also knew how to make it look good. So when she hit me, I made sure to also hit my mouth on the table. I smiled a bloody smile and told her to check my phone and see what Kix and I had been up to. She picked it up and started scrolling through it. Obviously, she was confused because all those texts were between me and Squarejaw. At that moment, her parents came in to see what was going on. That was my cue. I started crying, saying that she'd been bullying and robbing me and that when I told her I'd call the cops, she said her boyfriend was a cop and that she texted him to come sort me out. Her dad saw the phone in her hand and she claimed it wasn't hers and that she was only holding it because I said I had texts with her boyfriend. He said he didn't believe her because he saw the charges on her credit card for a new phone. He took it from her and started scrolling through the messages. It was all there. Dates and times when she went to the mall, nights that she snuck out and the outfits she was wearing, her mom immediately recognized the outfits as her daughters. They read through a lot of the messages about how safe she felt with him and how even when she was small she needed him. Right around that time, Squarejaw showed up. His first words were, Baby, what happened? What happened next was not my intention and to this day I still regret it. Miniskirts dad attacked Squarejaw. In hindsight, it was obvious why you would do that, but I didn't have a dad like that growing up, so I didn't see it coming. Squarejaw lived up to his name. He took it right on the chin and then beat the crap out of her dad and arrested him for assaulting a police officer. All I hoped for was her parents to accuse him of being a creep and threaten him so that he'd be too scared to come near me again and for them to keep their daughter away from me. It took a couple of days for everything to be sorted out, Miniskirt's mom went to the press with the phone and the texts. The cop traced his phone and cruiser and matched it to the dates and times that Miniskirt was at those places. Miniskirt realized that she couldn't tell her parents that she snuck out with Kicks because he was 19 and she was 16 because she actually loved him I guess. So she lied and said Squarejaw was her boyfriend. The cops let her dad go because they didn't want any more publicity and I think her family moved away after that. Squarejaw was arrested later, but he never said anything about me because I think he knew how it would look. The city didn't want to have any issues with me, so they reduced my probation, and I was allowed to leave town sooner. All in all, I'm really sorry what happened to Miniskirt's dad, and maybe them having to move away, but I'm more than glad I'm free of those two nightmares. P.S. I never stole again after that. Not even Wi-Fi. P.P.S., I'm a kindergarten teacher now. Let me start off by saying that when you're in trouble, even if you feel alone, please reach out and ask for help. OP clearly had a plan and it worked out, but that plan could have gone sideways and they could have suffered a lot more harm. Another takeaway I'd pull from this is basically that while crime worked out for OP here, crime obviously doesn't pay. I know it's cliche to say and oftentimes the temptation to use crime in revenge is near irresistible. But really I'd hope people could avoid relying on crime to solve difficulties. Should OP have reported the stalker police officer? If they even reported them do you guys think the police would actually do anything about it considering they're a member of the force? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. But with that said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was crazier than the one in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right,